everyone, and welcome to the Whole 40 Podcast, a young adult podcast for those in the St. Louis Archdiocese. My name is Angela Richard, and I am the coordinator of Young Adult Ministry. And this is Michael Horn. I am the evangelization coordinator in the Office of Laity and Family Life. It's good to be with you again, Angela. Thanks, Michael. Glad to have you back. We missed you. Thanks. <laughs> um, with us today, we have Kim Beckvar and Brian Miller. If you'd Hi. like to introduce Hello. yourselves. Yeah, so I work in the missions office. I'm the Pani Amor coordinator and also missionary childhood coordinator, um, native of South St. Louis County, and yeah, youngest in my family. Just a little bit about me. <laughs> I don't know what else I should say. Well, there's just so much to I, know. I know. How can you I know. Sum it up I mean, I'm a huge coffee last. addict. Yeah, like, it. you know, that's that's pretty much most of what you need to know about me. So. <laughs> Great. Once again, Brian <laughs> Miller, the executive director of the Catholic Youth Apostolate. So we oversee all the youth and young adult outreach of the diocese. We work with the Newman Centers as well, mm-hmm. which is really fun. I get to do lots of, lots and lots of fun things around the archdiocese. I've been married for eight years, mm-hmm. and I have three little ones at home. Rose mm-hmm. is six, Gus is five, and Zeke just turned two. And uh, as I like to say, life is full in every sense Mm -hmm. of the word. Uh, A lot going on, Mm -hmm. uh, craziness, very involved in our parish, but but full of joy and full of great things too. So it's good. Life's good. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How is your Lent going so far? Easy, hard? We're three weeks in now. Yeah, it's crazy that we're already three weeks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, it's been it's been really good. Um, should I say what I'm giving? Like, sure. Doing? Okay. Okay. Unless it's like you know deeply personal. Oh, no. I don't. I wouldn't want to you know <laughs> no. cry too much. So no, I thought. Well, and this could yeah kind of maybe relate to what we're talking about today, but and we'll get into that more. But one of the things that I noticed was I feel like I've been wasting a lot of my spending um going out to eat Mm. so i've been giving that up going out to eat with my friends so nice Mm -hmm. has that been easy hard um it's yeah it's it's been challenging it's made me stop you know because you know that's what we like to do a lot and so just finding those other opportunities and you know for instance today provided a good opportunity one of my friends came up um, for lunch but you know we both packed a lunch and we just ate together and I felt like we had more time we weren't rushed you know trying to go somewhere to eat and it was really nice yeah good quality time I always Mm -hmm. start off Lent wanting to do it all Mm -hmm. right so I'm like I am going to fast all the time this Lent I'm also going to lose 30 pounds probably in in my 40 days and it's going to be great uh, and I and I want to give up everything at once, right? But I always know the Lord has always called me back to, mm-hmm. to live a little, a little more simply. And mm-hmm. um, so I'd say some areas of my Lent are going really well. I gave up coffee for Lent, um, which was great on Ash Wednesday. But then we do a men's group at our parish. We meet at 545 in the morning on Thursdays. So out of habit, I show up the next Thursday right after Ash Wednesday, and I am like two and a half cups of coffee, and I'm sitting there watching the video. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm not supposed to be drinking coffee, you know? <laughs> So I was like, I think it might be the fastest I've ever broken a Lenten oh, fast. No. But we've been staying staying strong since then. And um, other other things are harder, though. You know, I, I deleted Twitter and Facebook off my phone mm. for Lent. Um, not giving them up completely, but just mm. that distraction that you always want to be sucked into your phone. And then I updated my phone, synced it with iTunes. And since they were saved in iTunes, it put them back on the phone. And I don't know why, but it took me like a week to delete them again, right? Mm. Just I was so tempted to be like, well, I mean, mm. I do use it for work sometimes, or I want to I want to keep up on the news, but that's exactly what I wanted to get away from, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to center my life on Christ and on prayer. And um, so, yeah, the struggle is real, but uh, <laughs> doing well in some areas and, and, and going in others. And um, 
my daughter Rose is six is probably one of the sweetest human beings on the planet. She's just great. And she has like profound and deep spiritual mm-hmm. insights all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, Rose, what are you going to give up for Lent? And she's thinking about it, thinking about it. And she's like, dad, I'm going to give up candy. I'm like, well, okay, that's not, that's a, that's a good thing for a first grader. You know, and you, <laughs> you eat candy maybe once or twice a week. It's not like it's a huge thing, but it's good. It's good. So then like a week in, we're talking and she's like, dad, uh, you know, I gave up candy for Lent. I'm like, yeah, Rose. And she goes, well, I, I saw a sign in church that said, don't give up chocolate this Lent. So I gave up candy, but I'm still going to eat all my chocolate. Like, <laughs> Matthew Kelly, great intention, but you know, you're confusing the first graders, you know? Thanks for nothing, Matthew. I love it. I love it. So her Lent is, you know, it's back and forth. Back and forth. She'll get there. That's right. She's got time to figure it out. Oh, that's that's great. Well, this week's gospel, the third Mm. week of Lent, is uh, John 4, verses Mm. 5 to 42. And so, Michael, would you like to tell us a little bit about that reading? Sure. We're going to talk a lot today about almsgiving, and Brian and Kim are going to talk about almsgiving in their own Lent and in their own lives. And Brian mentioned the idea of fullness and having having a very full life right now. But so there's a there's a more apt story in the gospels about almsgiving than the gospel that we have today, but it also this gospel that we do have, which is the woman at the well, is also beneficial for us just to think about almsgiving. And so we all know the story. We hear it every Lent. We hear that Jesus encounters this Samaritan woman at the well. And there's this other episode in the Gospels too that we read about Jesus meeting the Syrophoenician woman. And he's kind of curt with her. And, and it kind of shocks us at times when we read the passage, just how he seems to be talking to her in just kind of a somewhat disrespectful way. But there's an intent behind it that that Jesus is actually leading both of these people closer to him. And so for, the in, for instance, the Samaritan woman that we have in the Gospel for this Sunday is just asking him why he wants to have a drink from her at this well and when they when she knows that he and she both know that they're not supposed to share anything um, she's a gentile he's a Jew they don't share any equipment they don't share anything and so she's just concerned about this question and he talks about the importance of his power to give her true water and mm-hmm. life-giving water and fullness and so Jesus talks to her about this, that that he offers this love and this life in such abundance that it becomes a spring, like a well that is welling up to eternal life in the believer. And so it's important, it's a reminder to us just the beauty of our faith, that when we truly believe in Christ and worship him in spirit and truth, which is another phrase he'll use later in the gospel, that that is when we can truly become disciples and that we can have fullness of life. So we have fullness of life in a different sense now with our busy lives of Lent. We also can, from that abundance, that fullness, we can give. And so it's just, it's important to think about almsgiving because true almsgiving is not giving out of our abundance. It's it's certainly meritorious. It's certainly beautiful to give out of our abundance. Mm-hmm. But the the other episode I alluded to earlier in the gospel of this, this widow who brings this might into the collection, it's all that she had her whole livelihood. And so that's what Christ is urging us to do. And it's very countercultural today. It's very strange to us to think about, but giving out of our poverty and so entrusting the Lord with the first fruits of what we receive or our income, whatever we receive, so trusting him with that wealth, not giving him what's left over after we've already done everything, after we've gone out to eat at the restaurants, after we've done all this, these fun activities and such with our family, it's about donating out of the poverty. And so Jesus will get there later, and so as he eventually continues this conversation with the woman, and so she comes to believe. And again, he's kind of smart with her in these different ways that we notice that he, he says, he just kind of 
tricking tricking her a little bit when he says not in a deceptive way, but he's just like, go talk to your husband, and and he knows that this woman has had five husbands, and then mm-hmm. that she's currently with someone who's not her husband, mm-hmm. and so he knows the story, and he tr- just really goes to her heart and just goes deep to her and just makes her think about what am I doing with my life? Do I truly have fullness? Do I have abundance? And so she shows us how to live almsgiving because she receives the conversion, receives the truth, and then spreads it to others. So she doesn't just take it and keep it to herself. She tells everyone in her village, in her town, about this guy who knows everything, this Jesus, this Savior, the Messiah, who knows all this about my life, who knows everything, and who's offering the fullness of life to me. And so she spreads that word. And when the apostles come back, they're like, why were you talking to this woman? And Jesus talks about then, there's this gospel is so rich, so I, I'll, I'll kind of end it here, but he, he talks about how he has food that they're not aware of. And so they think he's they're like, aren't you hungry? Don't you want something to eat? And he's like, my, my food is to do the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus shows us again. So it's not the ideal passage for almsgiving, but it certainly shows us that Jesus is calling us to have fullness and to give not just from the fullness, though, but from our own poverty. And so when we're lacking something, we, he offers that fullness that we can give to others. And so Kim and Brian are going to talk about their Lenten journeys, their mm-hmm. own experience of almsgiving, what they think of almsgiving, and just their journey so far. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts in response to the gospel? For sure. I Well, I really love this gospel reading a lot. Um, there's just so much, so much great uh, imagery and everything going on here. And Something that I just want to put a plug for that I recommend, like after you listen to our podcast, I think there's a great talk that I heard one time on this um, same exact passage. Um, if you go to givenforum.org, um, it was a women's conference. Dr. Mary Mary Healy, she gave an amazing talk on the same passage, receiving the gift of the kingdom. And so, I mean, it's not as much geared towards almsgiving, but you should check it out um, after this podcast. So, but in looking at this podcast and or looking at this at this gospel, I guess for me, I was just reflecting so much on just the connection between our prayer life um, of meeting Jesus and in our almsgiving. Um, so I've been working in the missions office, and so very much almsgiving is very much a part of, <laughs> of very much a part of our line of work in the office. But one thing that I've come to recognize in being in the office, one of the things that we talk about first before we talk about almsgiving, before we actually talk about the actual physical giving of money or resources, we talk about prayer and looking at a relationship with God. Because if we are looking at our prayer life um, and if we have this understanding of who Jesus is to us and what he's done in our lives, I think then it just naturally leads to wanting to give to other people. Right. Um, and if we're not rooted in our prayer, like what are, you know, it, if we come to recognize the amazing gift, the way that God showers his love upon us. And it, as I was also thinking about this gospel, what popped into my mind was another verse that I love from scripture, from Matthew, um, where Jesus says, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. And I think the more that we spend time reflecting on that, of all the ways that, you know, the free gift of God gives of himself to us, which totally makes sense in this time of Lent. Um, the more that we reflect upon that, um, the more that we realize that everything that has been, everything's been given to us. We didn't deserve it at all. And so much more we can see the need of other people in our life and want to meet those needs and not just meet their most basic needs of material needs, which are important, but wanting to bring them to that fullness of 
having Jesus who will fulfill their their deepest needs. Just like what he says in, in the gospel to the woman, like when he says, you know, if you knew the gift of God um, and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living, living water. And I think it's, you know, that same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think prayer is really the common thread for mm-hmm. for all the things we're asked to do for like so prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and we know that fasting without prayer is just dieting, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that around on Twitter, various places, and and uh, while I, you know, we all could certainly use a diet. Well, let me just, I'll speak for myself. You guys are great. <laughs> well, oh I God. could certainly use a diet. Um, what I really need is, is to revolutionize my prayer life, mm-hmm. and uh, I think almsgiving. Pope Francis has a great reflection. Um, mm-hmm on almsgiving and freedom mm. and how it really gives us freedom. And I think when we think about freedom, mm. um, we often think about you know the American sense or the more modern sense of freedom that we're free from things, from oppression and free from you know whatever someone else is trying to impose on us. But um, and Pope Francis talks about that. He says that you know it gives us freedom from um, from the fear of losing what we have, from the sadness of one who does not wish to share his wealth with others. That's from mm-hmm. a, a homily he gave a couple of years ago. Um, but it also gives us freedom for excellence, right? Because when we let go of what we're holding on to in our own fears, right, which is really what Jesus is asking that woman to do, right, mm-hmm. to let go of whatever life you've known, whatever your your history is, and to pursue the living water that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And until you let go and you have the freedom from those things, mm-hmm. you don't really have the freedom to go deep in your faith. And I think so when we, when we tie in prayer really as the root of, um, what is our movement of the heart, which is really if, if almsgiving is just, um, so, so if, if, if fasting without prayer is just a diet, then almsgiving without prayer is just, it's just throwing money at a problem and saying, well, I did my part, you know, uh, yeah. um, but when we, mm-hmm. when we give it with prayer, mm-hmm. um, there's a hope there, right? And that, that Christian virtue of hope is so mm-hmm. fundamental. So, mm-hmm. um, we don't want to just affect someone's life by giving them money, but we want to give them the kingdom. Right, we want to help them experience mm-hmm. the glory of God, and that's what Jesus does when He meets that woman too. So, mm-hmm. really a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful For thing. Sure. We were kind yeah. of talking before this mm-hmm. podcast how this reading is almost a little bit more of evangelization oriented. So, um, Jesus exposes Himself to this woman, um, and she tells her community. And um, what happens is that they they believe in her, they believe her story, and then eventually they say, we no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, because mm-hmm. Jesus stays in the town and he is able to um, be with them as well. So because of this invitation of the woman, they're able to have their own encounter with Christ. And so we were talking about how this relates, and when we are able to have our own encounter with Christ, we give of ourselves that experience of Christ, mm-hmm. which... Um, looks like in the terms of evangelization, showing God to other people, but also like giving of the gifts that God gave us um, in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Brian and Kim touched on an excellent point about not only meeting material needs, but also spiritual needs. And Brian said, mm-hmm. giving them the kingdom, giving mm-hmm. them the kingdom of God. And mm-hmm. our Holy Father just talked about that. It was a popular article the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, just about the idea of how to approach the homeless. And so what does, what, what does a homeless person need? Sometimes... Mm-hmm much more than money or food, they need affirmation of their humanity. Mm. need to know that people are praying for them, that people Mm -hmm. see them as human beings, ask for their name, have human experience and understand their dignity and sanctity as creatures in the image and likeness of God. And I know Brian was going to say something. Yeah, well, I think that the the gospel is fundamentally relational, right? So 
Um, Jesus wants to bring the good news to the whole world, and he goes camping for three years with 12 guys, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that the the fundamental message of the gospel happens through that transmission that's so intimate and so personal. Mm. And in the same way that when the woman goes to the town, at first they believe because of her, because they know her, and maybe they don't really trust her because she's a little bit on the outside, but then they encounter Jesus personally themselves, right? right? Mm -hmm. And... um, so the, the apostles who are willing to follow Jesus to their death always because they've encountered him personally. So mm. I think the same is true when we're called to give alms, right? It's really easy to throw money to problems to say, I did my part. But um, I think when we encounter that, that, that someone or that other yeah. personally, um, it's really challenging. You know, we've, we've gone down mm-hmm. for years to serve food at St. Peter and Paul, mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable sometimes. It's really easy when you serve the homeless mm-hmm. to want to sit back and just hand them and say, I did it. I gave you something. Um, but when you actually sit down and talk to them and hear their stories, you realize that also in your giving of yourself, you are receiving so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really had a fundamental like revelation on this too when we um, you know, we had a son, Zeke, who was three months early. He was on bed rest. Uh, my wife was on bed rest for six weeks before that, and he was in the hospital for four months. And, you know, I've always been in positions, and just my heart is to give and to serve, right? Ministry leadership or this or that or whatever. And in those moments, I couldn't give anything to anyone because we were going through this crisis, and our, our parish community lifted us up, the young adult community lifted us up, all of our friends and family were lifting us up. And I realized maybe for the first time in my life what it meant to be on the other end of charity mm-hmm. and other end of almsgiving. Mm-hmm. And um, it like fundamentally just changed my prayer life and my spirituality. Um, I would say something inside of me broke at that moment. I used mm-hmm. to, um, Liz always makes fun of me, my wife, because you know I'm not a crier. I mean, I'm not the most emotional person in the world. And she's like, I've only seen you cry once in our whole marriage. Well, since all that stuff happened with Zeke and since we started receiving, I'm like a mess. Like I'm watching, I'm watching chick flicks and I'm like, this is so beautiful, you know? And, uh, but, but really like God broke something down in my heart to realize how much more I get out of, of giving then too. So, and if we can help do that for other people and help mm-hmm. them receive the love of God through what we're giving them and encountering them personally, what a beautiful witness. Right. Mm-hmm. So would you say something like that own ex- that experience you had with Zeke and, and your family is something that propels you to want to give? Or what is it that makes you want to give alms, especially in this season? Sure. Um, I, I think knowing that whoever we're giving to um, is the embodiment of Christ, right? That Christ is mm-hmm. within them. You know, we always mm-hmm. hear the story of, um, you know, I walked by a homeless person once mm-hmm. and and I didn't give anything to them. But then I remembered, you know, Jesus says in Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, what you do for the least of my brothers, you do for me. Mm-hmm. And we always say, well, what if that person was really Jesus in disguise? Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. what if that person has Jesus within them. Mm-hmm. So we're called to serve them that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that recognizing the dignity that God gives each person mm-hmm. means we're called to serve everyone. Um, Pope Francis has been on this kick lately where he's saying, even if the person's going to spend it on booze or drugs or whatever, that's not your problem. Your problem is your own selfishness, right? That we need to overcome in our when we turn inward on ourselves. We have to get over that. And when we learn to really give in a way that's prayerful, in a way that helps encounter that person, mm-hmm. maybe we find a way to walk with that person and help them not spend their money on those things. But until we get out of our own way first, we can't we can't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I very much. I mean, that's 
totally what changes things for me is, is thinking about things in that perspective. Um, and I think one, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, some of my difficulties when it comes to, when it comes to almsgiving. And I think, you know, one of the things can be, you know, the selfish motivations we were talking about, like sometimes it's like, Oh, like look at what I'm doing and stuff like that of, um, that can be a temptation to fall into. Um, and then I think it's in other ways, like, you know, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to, um, I mean, hopefully you do have the opportunity to meet people one-on-one, but that's not what all, all almsgiving looks like. I mean, we are a global church and, you know, so we might not always be meeting, you know, who, whoever across the world that we're giving alms to. And that can be really hard to make that personal connection because, you know, we're built around communion, but I do find that the more that I'm rooted in my prayer, you know, again, going back to that, the more that, I mean... I'm in communion with God. I'm again, recognizing that communion with everyone else in the world. And, you know, and again, coming back to just our own faith of knowing that, you know, yeah, I might not know that person, but you know, they're part of the body of Christ and, uh, and just experiencing that closeness through prayer and, you know, through our faith. So Mm -hmm. what, what does almsgiving look like for a young adult? Um, I want you maybe to consider Mm -hmm. like someone that doesn't have a lot to give at this time in their lives. So do they just keep from almsgiving? Do they, I mean, obviously giving from your poverty, like you said, Michael, but Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to hear from all three of you. What, what does that look like? How can a young adult that goes into the season of Lent saying, man, I really don't know how I'm going to approach that piece Mm -hmm. of this season. um, What advice would you have for them? Sure. Well, I think, you know, I mentioned my kids. Something we're doing with our kids is we're doing a lot of Dave Ramsey stuff. So mm-hmm. teaching them to save and to spend and, and to give. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a chore chart at home. They don't just get free money, but they've got to earn it. You know, and if they don't do the chores, then they don't get the money. And so each of them had to pick a charity that they wanted to give to. So uh, great plug. Gus wanted to give to the annual Catholic Appeal. So, um, <laughs> How so old is Gus again? Gus is five. Just Love turned it. five last week. So um, we had some future givers coming up. And Rose wanted to give to the homeless because she knows that mom and dad like to go down and serve the homeless sometimes at Peter and Paul. So um, I think, one, we've just got to get into that mindset that that's just a thing that we have to do. It's not mm, optional. Right. Um, we've got to teach our Good. kids about it. We've got to talk to our yes. friends about it. We, we shouldn't yes. be shy about it. So mm-hmm. we don't want to want to go around saying, I gave $1,000 to the ACA or, or whatever it might be. We want to be, you know, we, we want to um, not showcase our sackcloth and ashes. Thanks, Jesus. Mm. But, um, <laughs> but, but we do want to talk about having that giving heart and that giving mentality and let it kind of permeate us. So mm-hmm. um, for our own ties, what we do is we, we have about, um, I've got a spreadsheet that has it all calculated out, but I think about like eight and a half and maybe 9% that's like dedicated every month. We know where it's going. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's always needs that pop up in the church, whether it's a hurricane or a blizzard, or mm-hmm. um, we have a soft spot in our hearts for people who are struggling with their children and their babies at this point for preemies or things like that. So mm-hmm. um, try and save a little bit extra that when we can, when that comes up, or maybe it's a parish fundraiser or um, you know, the missions office or, you know, another good plug there, but uh, whatever it might be that kind of, but, but knowing that, okay, like, so if I'm sitting at 9%, you know, on the regular, then I need to have some, I need to have an awareness of the needs that are out there. So Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. I'm looking around your own community and trying to see what the needs are. And then, so it's not just something that just happens and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to throw money here or there and not think about it, but to really have a plan for your giving, I think is really a huge, huge thing. Yeah, that that's uh, you know the same approach that I took of just looking at my, you know, looking at my finances and you know, 
giving a certain portion to the church and then the other portion being the, like the extra, you know, and just finding that, okay, like I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I like how you said that. That's, it's not an option, you know, and, or how you said, how you said and that. And I think what's, what's great too, is that having that undesignated portion for me helps me make it a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when it comes out of direct deposit out of my paycheck or it's a automatic withdrawal out of my account, it just it. happens, right? Mm-hmm. Out of sight, out of mind, and uh, hey, I'm so generous. This is great. But there's no movement of my heart in that either. Right. And we're always called to that. So mm-hmm. um, to be aware of that, I think, is huge. And mm-hmm. to discern where you are called to give. Exactly. And that's part of that prayer as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I was just going to offer two things. You said some great things, Brian and Kim, mm-hmm. again, just about where do we shift these resources, our money, whatever, mm-hmm. time, talent, treasure. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say one thing is just to consider as a young adult, what what do you consume because because people mm, say, well, mm. I don't I don't have a lot of money, but what are you really spending your money on? Because yeah. a lot of people yeah. will make yeah. the excuse, yeah, yeah. There's basic living things, there's rent and and food and such, but it's like you spend a lot yeah. of stuff yeah. on technology mm-hmm. too that you probably don't need. And so mm. just to like Brian talked about at the beginning, just simplifying your life, we can always simplify, mm-hmm. always. And there's mm-hmm. and like Kim said, there's there's nothing that we have that we haven't mm-hmm. received. There's mm-hmm, nothing that we haven't absolutely. been given by God. And so that's just mm-hmm. one thing to think about is where are you spending your resources currently when you make the excuse that you don't have enough? And then the second thing is just to consider, Brian mentioned kind of the, the bane of direct deposit, but also <laughs> thinking about it just in a different light of looking at, so places where I sometimes distribute my limited, limited wealth is to... I mean, like you the, work for the church. <laughs> we, know, we know that you're rolling in all of us. You know what I mean? Hey. Yeah, so I, I distribute my, my money towards the National Catholic Register because I believe mm. in, the, in the importance of good Catholic news and then Catholic answers too. So there's mm-hmm. other media mm-hmm. that maybe it's not directly toward a poor or charitable organization, but it's for the, the good of the church. And so mm. there's certain things that you can distribute your wealth towards so that you can contribute to promoting good Catholic culture, good mm. Catholic news, and l- making sure the truth is available to people. So that's another thing you can think about. Do you read the National Catholic Register? What sort of news do you take in? What what do you have a subscription to that's maybe not a religious um, media? And so just, mm. just think about where you're distributing your money and what mm. you make. Well, and Lent is a time when we're called to give more, right? Um, and I have a a friend who's a deacon and one of the, the priests he works with was one of the little kids was asking him, Father, what are you doing for Lent? What are you giving up for Lent? And the priest said, Well, you know, I'm actually not giving anything up, but I'm trying to pray more. And the kid's like, you know, crosses her arms, like, <laughs> really, Father? You know, this kid's like seven years old or whatever, like, that's it. And the kid's like, Well, all right, well, how much more? I'm like, well, and he goes, Well, I'm doing an extra 20 minutes of prayer every day, which 20 minutes of prayer is pretty good. But, you know, she's like, But, but you're a priest, so you're probably called to do even more than that, right? You know, and this little girl. <laughs> Is like nailing this guy on this. And I love it because um, she's not wrong. And I'm not judging Father and his spiritual life and his Lenten things. I'm sure he's doing maybe what his spiritual director told him to do. <laughs> but we're called to be really generous with our time, talent, mm-hmm. treasure, all of that in Lent, mm-hmm. right? So maybe if we already have that 10%, but to carve something out of our lives to do extra and to do more and really dive all the way into that into that whole 40, you know? Into yeah. that whole 40. That's right. It. That's right. And, and it's not yeah. about just giving up. It's about filling it with more, right. like Brian just right. said. Yeah. So it's like right. Christ talks about the fullness of life. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not just giving about giving up chocolate. It's like eating 
the good healthy meal mm. in place of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, something I always said is is we don't give up bad things for Lent, right? You don't give up a sin for Lent. So I'm not going to give up um, hypothetically, like looking at pornography for Lent. You give that up because it's bad because right. you shouldn't right. do that anyway, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so you really we sacrifice good things to make room for something greater, mm. right? So it's a great it's a great point. Yeah, and one other thing that just kind of um, came to my mind was just, you know, what an opportunity when it comes to almsgiving, um, just to really um, to ask God for that trust in Him. You know, um, you know, I think sometimes we want to hold our finances to ourselves, um, or whether that be time, talent, treasure, you know, whatever it is, but to put our trust in God with that, that He's going to provide. You know, if we're having, you know, if we're responding out of our generosity um, to the faith we have in him, like, you know, he's taking care of us. Um, and to, you know, for that to call into question our trust in him that he is really going to provide for our needs um, and that he, you know, that other scripture verse of the, you know, looking at the birds, like, you know, aren't, yeah. yeah, you know, just so just, I think a very op- good opportunity for us to just deepen our trust in the Lord. I think we should end on that. That's a beautiful message. Thank you both so much for being here. Oh, hey, thanks for having us. Thank huh? you. Lots Thank of you. fun. <laughs> Lots of fun. <laughs> nice accent. Thank you. I don't um, know where that came from. <laughs> you're from Minnesota now? I guess so. I like Minnesotans. Archbishop's from Minnesota, so oh, I got to yeah. suck up sometimes. You know, it's good. Hey, Archbishop. How That's are right. You? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening with us and praying with us. Um, we will see you next week. When I was a child, I didn't hear a single